Americans. Hello, South Dakotans. Welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show, aiming to keep America, its citizens, and minds free. Now, here's your host, Daryl Root. Hello, and welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show. I am your host, Daryl Root. I am also the treasurer of the Libertarian Party of South Dakota. However, my views are not necessarily that of the party itself. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1. This season, I hope to produce a video version of each episode in addition to the audio version. Before we start, however, take note that anything Dakota Rustler related can be found at the web address on the screen. There you can donate to or sponsor the show. Sponsorship will get you a mention on the show as well as the website and the Facebook page for Dakota Rustler. In addition, anything related to the sponsor, Camp Ridger Seasonings, can also be found by clicking the link on the same website, dakotarustler.org. Alright, with that out of the way, let's get on with the topic of the day. Libertarian schools versus government schools. Were government schools always indoctrination schools, or were they not? You can follow along with the outline that will pop up on the screen. Education should be a system grounded in free decisions about what to teach and learn and how to preserve and protect diverse people, ideas, and ways of life. Government involvement should be restricted to dealing with proven neglect of children, and education should otherwise be left to the free decisions of all involved. The manufacturing of citizens. Did government manufacture citizens, or did they let them be free? How did the United States end up with a system where almost 90% of students are in government schools? Fear, that's how. Fear that some people might not be strongly attached to the state, or sufficiently moral, or economically competitive, or that they might just be too different. Some of our founders were among the earliest advocates of government-run schools, and their proposals were not very libertarian. Benjamin Rush, one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, wrote in his thoughts on the mode of education proper in a republic, let our pupil be taught that he does not belong to himself, but that he is public property. Well, that certainly isn't libertarian or freedom-oriented. The fear of difference fueled public schooling. Most early advocates for public schooling emphasized a need for a virtuous citizenry and said virtue was roughly defined as holding elite Broadly Protestant values. Rush, along with Daniel Webster, George Washington, and many others, emphasized the necessity of virtue. Horace Mann, the first secretary of the Massachusetts Board of Education and the father of the common school, he became the country's top crusader for free, undifferent government schools. In his writings, he states that far too many parents were dangerously ignorant of proper child-rearing and were morally ungrounded. 
He also stated that by teaching a pro-Protestant morality and overriding the foolishness of parents, the common schools would create, quote, far more seeing intelligence and a pure morality than has ever existed among communities of men. As huge numbers of Anglo-Saxon Protestants arrived, meaning Germans, Irish Catholics, Eastern and Southern Europeans, as well as Mexicans and Asians, public schooling's reach was expanded and control increasingly centralized. In other words, be the little robots we want you to be or else. A lot of this was based on proselytizing Christian morals and a strong attachment to the country, hoping it would usher in the thousand-year period of enlightenment preceding the Christ return. Educate the rising generation mentally, morally, physically, just as it should be done, a, Repub a Republican senator at that time pronounced, and this nation and this world would reach the millennium within 100 years. So I guess confirmation, homogeneity, and robot-like humans will usher in the second coming. Hmm, I don't see that in my Bible anywhere. In more urban areas, there is a powerful desire to ensure that constantly growing factories would have compliant workers. Urban elites consolidated power through increasingly large school districts. That would apply science to schooling by organizing it along industrial lines and deciding through such measures as IQ tests what students' futures would hold. Elwood Coverley, a leading progressive era education thinker, said of immigrants unlike him, Everywhere these people tend to settle in groups of settlements and to set up their national manners, customs, and observances, our task is to break up these groups of settlements, to assimilate and amalgamate these people as part of our, our American race, and to implant in their children, as far as can be done, the Anglo-Saxon Saxon conception of righteousness, law and order. Well now, how's that for discrimination? As you can see, government schools were set up for indoctrination, not education. Government wanted robots almost 200 years ago. It hasn't changed since. Beyond fear of indifference, or excuse me, beyond fear of difference and individuality is worry that without public schooling, children will not be educated at all, or will be educated poorly, and the country will suffer scientifically and economically. The aforementioned Coverley wrote in the early 1900s that public schooling must prepare people for their essentially preordained places in the economy. We should give up the exceedingly democratic idea that all are equal and that our society is devoid of classes. Yet another example of indoctrination. In the 1980s, the fear of economic death from the poison of bad education was crystallized in a federal report called A Nation at Risk. It led off with, quote, Our nation is at risk. Our once unchallenged preeminence in commerce, 
industry, science, and technological innovation is being overtaken by competitors throughout the world. The report was seminal in doubling down on command and control, public schooling. There's the words, command and control, helping inspire the creation of the national education goals and eventually the Federal No Child Left Behind Act, which required all states to have centralized tests, centralized standards, and punishments for poorly performing schools. The impotence of that law then drove efforts to have Washington coerce state adaption of nationally uniform curriculum standards known as Common Core. What does libertarian education look like? Well, it certainly doesn't look like command and control. <clears throat> A libertarian version of education does not succumb to the fear and mandates backed by a legal monopoly on force, i.e. the government, but rather the powerful evidence that freedom works. It is a vision in which families and students choose education in the amounts and time frames they want. Educators freely decide what to teach and for what price. It is a vision where education isn't privileged over the countless other goods competing for our finite resources, be they housing, transportation, entertainment, clothing styles, or whatever one can imagine. It is a vision in which no one group gets to tell everyone else what to learn and how much to pay for it. Government has but one role to intervene if children do not receive the basic reading and writing skills to be necessary to become self-autonomous adults. Education in a libertarian world would act like a free market. Educators would establish schools or tutoring services or online education and would decide what to teach, when and how. They would force no government curriculum or testing mandates. They would decide whether to teach second languages, calculus, sciences, or any other subject deemed necessary to earn a diploma from their school. They could test students every day, administer nationally standardized tests but once a year, or not even at all. And they would, chain, and they would charge based on what they think the education they are providing is worth even permitting discounts if they saw a family in need. They would need little to no government regulation other than basic health and fire inspections for brick-and-mortar institutions. The only accountability needed would come through customers using their own money or money, decide, or money to decide whether the service being rendered was worth their hard-earned cash. Parents representing the interest of children would choose schools on the basis of whatever criteria they deemed important. Price would also be a consideration, as it should be. Prices are how we determine collectively the values of any one thing versus another. A $1,000 mattress is worth 400 hot dogs at a food stand. But wouldn't the cost be too high for many families, you ask? The average price for a private school is $11,000 per year which certainly feels pretty darning. But guess what? Public schools are just as expensive. The only difference is how the dollars travel to get there. 
However, like everything else in the free market, the cost of education would almost certainly drop. Competition is always the best route to better products and services at a lower cost. Families paying with their own money would put steady downward pressure on prices. Families would be much more directly invested in and aware of educational costs and providers would compete among other things on price. It would also spur innovation driving down costs even further. Students would also be allowed to progress progress at their own pace instead of waiting weeks or months for other children and other students to catch up and all students could potentially move much more quickly to completion if not locked into schooling that must run six hours a day 180 days a year imagine graduating after just nine years and having an additional three years to provide for yourself and your future does government have a legitimate role at all Government would require all parents to give their children the basic skills they need to continue learning on their own. The ability to read, write, and do math being the basic skills. These are required to eventually tackle history, science, and numerous other subjects in which many students will want to become educated. Government, though, would be taken out of evolution, politics, sex education, and other topics that are highly controversial. Basic knowledge would not be enforced through compelled school attendance or by sending inspectors to children's homes or anything else so intrusive. Withholding education would be treated as any other sort of child neglect. Parents would also have the selfish motivation of wanting their children to care for them in their old age. Without proper education, their children wouldn't be able to do so. Many developed countries, such as Belgium, Canada, and the Netherlands, have systems that offer a lot more choice than the American education system, and they all surpassed the United States on the most recent program for international student assessment scores. We could also look at our own higher education system to see the superiority of more freedom in education. College is not mandatory. The result is a system offering a great variety of institutions. That system promotes specialization and competition. And as a result, American institutions regularly vie with one another to attract the best scholars in the world. And as a result, American colleges regularly dominate international rankings. Our biggest problem with college is the price. However, that problem is fueled by government, not freedom. Student aid programs such as Pell Grants and federal loans enable students to pay higher prices and colleges raise their prices to bring in the always desired cash. As for the absence of public schooling, public schooling absence certainly didn't appear to have a negative effect. Before public schooling, the nation pronounced its independence, wrote up a declaration laying out its founding principles, won a revolution, and drew up the Constitution we still use today. 
The evidence is also compelling that private schools tend to be better than public schools at teaching social skills like voting or volunteering in one's community. Perhaps the reason is that private schools, rather than having to offer lowest level institution to avoid conflict among diverse constituents, can furnish aggressive curriculum that all involved accept because we are all there voluntarily. Skip the vouchers. Freedom now. Could we do this overnight? Uh, of course not. First, it's going to take a while for larger sectors of the public to let go of government schooling. No one alive today remembers when compulsory education and attending public school didn't exist. Many, many people take for granted that education equals public schooling. The concept of choosing a school is seemingly overbearing. Even, the con even if the concept were embraced, few parents have actual experience with choosing schools. A transition period surely would be inevitable. Second, there are practical matters. Private schools do not presently have enough seats to suddenly accommodate tens of millions of new students. While many public schools would likely convert to private, that too would require adapting, adapting to the concept of autonomy over curriculum, hiring, and a multitude of other functions. So what is the conclusion? The conclusion is this. Public schooling is inconsistent with a free society. Like so much in opposition to liberty, the system is bridled to fear. Fear of the different. Fear of the unknown. Fear of economic failure. The libertarian realizes that those fears are unfounded. We know people are capable of so much more than they think they are. In a truly free nation, the more that constituents are free, the better off they will be. It's time to set the education system free, and we need to start today. Well, I hear my music playing in the background, and you know what that means. That's my mantra of stay safe and always be free. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for listening to the Dakota Russell Show, a production of DL Root. All rights reserved by DL Root, Buzzsprout.com, and their shared partners. Unauthorized use is prohibited. This show is sponsored by Camp Bridger Seasonings. Products available at CampBridger.net.